0: A little girl came home from Sunday school one day and she was waving a little paper with pictures drawn on it. Mommy, she said, my teacher says I drew the most unusual Christmas picture she has ever seen in all of her life. Well, the mother looked at the picture for a moment and her conclusion was it really was a little bit peculiar. She said, this is wonderful, but why have you made all these people riding on the back of an airplane? The little girl smiled and said, oh, mommy, that's the flight into Egypt. Her mommy was somewhat puzzled. She goes, oh, well, who's this mean looking man at the front of the plane? The little girl replied, oh, that's Pontius the pilot. And she was seemingly becoming more impatient with her mommy. I see. And here you have Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus Mom replied, she looked at the picture a little bit more uh, sternly and silently. And finally, she summons the courage to ask, But who is this fat man sitting behind Mary? The little girl took a big sigh and said, Can't you tell, mommy? That's Round John Virgin. I know you think that's corny. I know you think that's corny, but some of you actually chuckled and some even laughed. The sad truth is that little girl's mixed up perspective of Christmas really isn't much more muddied up than the notions the average person carries around. Christmas has become an elaborate fabrication for many, and some of our celebrations reflect that. The cast of characters we bring out at Christmas is no less bizarre than the ensemble the little girl put on her airplane in the picture. Our Christmases are the product of an odd mixture of pagan ideas, superstition, fanciful legends, and just plain old ignorance. I'm not hating on those. I'm not hating on Christmas. But it's amazing how far we've come from the true message of Christmas. So where do we go to sort it all out? Well, we go back to the source. We go back to the Bible. That's the place to begin. The Christmas story. Remember we talked a couple days ago that Christmas actually began in the heart of God before the foundations of the world. When he... Determined to send his son as a ransom, for the sins of all mankind. Humanly speaking, about 600 years before Jesus was born, God spoke through Isaiah and gave a prophecy about what we would come to know as the first Christmas. In that prophecy, the Bible says in Isaiah 7:14, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, a virgin will be the child and bear a son, and she will call his name Emmanuel. And then in Isaiah 9, verse 6, a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest upon his shoulder. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. So there's a promise that God would be with us. That's what Emmanuel means in that Prediction in Isaiah 714 and then in the prophecy of Isaiah 916, there's a promise of a king to the Jewish nation, Isaiah's prophecy was news of a coming king. The child who would be born, Isaiah said, would shoulder the government to the unsuspecting world, the prophecy promised a savior, God in the flesh, whose coming would dramatically and forever alter human history. Isaiah 9 6 is probably the more familiar of all the Old Testament prophecies about the birth of Jesus. Handel even included it in one of his great choruses of his Messiah. Chances are you either sing it or hear it several times every Christmas season. Consider the truth, though, just for a moment in this one short verse. Observe, for example, the unusual names that are given to this extraordinary child. His name should be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. What remarkable names and titles for a baby. But this was no ordinary baby, but one whose coming had been long awaited for. Three phrases at the beginning of the verse hint at who Jesus really is. He's the son of man and he's the son of God and he's the king of kings. A child will be born to us. It's a statement concerning his humanity. He began life like every other human being, as an infant. Isaiah doesn't say any more here, but we know from the New Testament that throughout his life, Jesus experienced every temptation common to man, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. I'm sure that he experienced emotions like other people do. We know that he wept one time at the tomb of his friend Lazarus. No one doubts the humanity of Jesus. And that was predicted. A child will be born. And then he says a son shall be given. And that hints at his deity. Not born, given. A son shall be given. For God so loved the world that he gave. That terminology speaks to the Savior's Jesus' preexistent deity. In other words, he existed before his birth. I know it's hard to wrap your mind around that. As God, Jesus existed before his birth. As God, the Bible even says, in John chapter 1, he was present and active in creating all that ever has been created. As God, the Bible says, he did not regard equality with God, a thing to be grasped after, but emptied himself, taking on the form of a bondservant, being made in the likeness of men, Philippians 2, verse 6 and 7. The point is, not only did he come as a human, he came the son of man, he came as God, the son of God. God in a human baby. Why? To conquer sin and death forever. But he also came as king. The Bible says the government will rest on his shoulder, <coughs> shoulder, excuse me. And that goes beyond the first Christmas to a a time still in the prophetic future when Jesus will reign over a literal, earthly, geopolitical, geographical kingdom that encompasses all the kingdoms and governments of this world. See Zechariah chapter 14, verse 9, Daniel chapter 2, verse 44. In that day, the government of the entire world will surely rest on his shoulder. He will reign as sovereign over a worldwide kingdom of righteousness and peace. In the meantime, his government operates in the hearts of all of his followers. He rules in the hearts of his people. Luke chapter 17, verse 20 through 21. Jesus came to bring peace. And in another place, it says that he came to divide. Both are equally true. Jesus came the first time. To bring peace and usher in his kingdom into the hearts of all those who would believe. And so, what a magnificent prophetic word. The baby that would be born would be the Son of Man. The baby that would be born would be the Son of God. The baby that would be born would be the King of Kings. So, as you look forward to and celebrate Christmas this year, I pray you'll celebrate the Christ of Christmas, and when you do, remember you're celebrating the Son of Man. You're celebrating the Son of God. You're celebrating the King of Kings.